the process podcast episode 238 and we have made it to the end of the week at long last finally what did uh yeah how, what was what was today like for you what was today like man today was slow today was slow you know funny uh this week because my old boss is gone i have become the boss position not. however i'm not getting paid as a boss <laughs> before before Zach goes on a 45 minute kinda, yeah, i don't want to touch on too quality. much but it has pissed me off a bit where i'm like where i'm like well yeah it's just like well it's like okay if i'm like finding mm-hmm. work for all these people and like teaching them how to do everything yeah and like yeah, running it point. but i'm getting paid you're the also same assuming that your bosses are making more than you it's like to... um they 100 percent are 100 percent are i can promise you that you are the two bosses that are on salary and happen to be the sons and nephews of the two bosses. If I was a dad and I had my guarantee they're making more than I would want to pay him the least that I legally could out of anyone in the company. Purely whether it's a guy or a girl, that doesn't matter. They would be paid the least Hmm. simply the way that I would look at it would be to so that no one can say that I did you any favors by employing you at my whatever successful business is that you had to, when you eventually grow up to be successful, that yeah. you made it for yourself. I just gave you the chance to do it rather than saying, oh, you're starting off at 15 years old. Here's a $20 an hour right. rate because you're a fucking teen. What the fuck is a teenager going to do with a $20 an hour job unless you're a lifeguard? In which case he would be deserving. Unless he's like God mode or He something. or she would be deserving of it. But yeah. But continue. Ex- you're yes. not getting paid yes. like a boss, yes. even though you're a boss. Fair. Hmm. Anyway, so I was, I was just like... Do you think they would really ramp up your pay for like, one no. week, though? Funny how this works, but hey, whatever. No, but it's like... It's not just this week. It's like... It's like the whole time I've been mm. there has... It's been gradually getting to that point where I'm like this you most of the time because the other salary. guy just, the boss just goes and sits on his phone in the corner. Because then that makes it seem like, yeah, you're here for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I should. You're for a good time and a long time. No, you're here for a long time, but not, but not a good, but not a good yeah, time. It's, the, it's the, the exact opposite. Yeah, so the is song. that possible? Whoa. You know that song? Yeah, I remember seeing that in like all the Tinder bios and everything on every girl was like, right, was like I'm, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. That was like every single one. And it was like, okay, interesting. I wonder Could if they all think it's creative because they can't read. Bio, please. Just something crazy. So they can't like compare to each other's thing. Well, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say that. It's, it's just catchy, catchy and it's like, you know, it's funny. The... It's flirty early 80s i think here for a good time not a long time i yeah. don't remember yeah it makes sense did that come out hey oh 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's become more popular again. The saying just because like true. some rapper said um, it, like Drake or something. Yeah, by Trooper. I wouldn't be surprised. Nineteen seventy-seven. That song came out. Wow, it's before most of said women on Tinder were a while ago. Not all, but most. (laughs) Most, most, Uh, most. Yeah, most. I would say most that came up in my area, anyway. You've got the age cranked from eighteen to eighteen, and that's it. Cranked to like (laughs) forty. No, Zach's like (laughs) fifty-five to ninety-nine. No, no. Zach only goes after people uh, who are qualified with credentials yeah. and a long resume. Some experience to get a job. Well, I gotta have. I gotta have. Uh, well, that I was gonna say. I need. You know, I need a. We're gonna call this episode financial Zach needs grounds a sugar mommy. Help pay for my Porsche. So. We're gonna post it everywhere, and then by Monday, yeah. you're gonna be a. F- a well-off individual. There was like, I remember seeing like a video, I think it was TikTok, but it was on Instagram. And uh, it's like this woman, she's like, would you date a woman if she made more than you? Or would you be too upset with that? And then it's like this like nerdy guy. And he's like carrying like this like gaming monitor on his shoulder. And he's like, yeah, babe. He's like, you want me to make some mimosas and breakfast and bring it to you in bed? Oh, that's sure so, thing. That's she is easy. It's like, yes, easily. There's nothing against the Please, exactly. the female making more money, obviously. Please make more money. That'd be awesome. Can I buy can me I things your credit card? like Porsche parts? You know what's you know what's something funny about um, me entering the world of Porsche parts now sure. and discovering how crazy mm-hmm. anything Porsche related is when it comes to price. The door handles, because essentially the car started out as like a Volkswagen that, or an Audi back in the eighties, um, and import. Yeah, and Porsche is like actually we want like a cheap two seater sports car. Ooh. Technically, it's four seats for insurance purposes. Oh, they're just really no one's fitting slim in those. Um, back seats. And uh, that's hilarious. To, as, yeah, that's they do it on purpose, so it's like brings the insurance down, or whatever. Um, hmm. But as like a baby car, a baby in the family compared to like the nine eleven, right? Um, but because like they're owned by uh, Volkswagen and they shared a lo- right. they share a lot of parts with old eighties Volkswagens and Audis. And so there's a lot of people online that are like, unless you're some like rich old guy who's like a Porsche purist and you only want Porsche parts on your car or whatever, which I don't, couldn't give a shit, right? Mm-hmm. What people right. do is they find the equivalent Audi or Volkswagen part and use that. And so I was looking for um, door handles and the seals that go around the door <clears throat> handles, um, the exterior door handles. And they're like the exact same from mm-hmm. like an 80s like volkswagen and audi you know from the same year and for these seals they're just little yeah. pieces of rubber that just literally go around the handle right to seal the hole off it's for a genuine porsche one i mean the handle okay. there's like for one door there's two pieces of Ooh, rubber there's like a small little rectangle shape and a bigger rectangle shape and when you're buying the genuine Porsche mm. one, they like to sell them individually for some reason. 
So you're not even getting a full set for one handle. It's like half handle worth of seal, right? And the prices, like I saw some that are like, like, like 90 bucks for one handle. What the fuck? For the seal. Not for the handle. The handle would be like 300 bucks, but like for the seal, right? So I want to get new seals and I'm like, okay, this is fucking crazy. If I want to buy like for one mm-hmm. door handle worth of oh seals, my, that's it's like seven, crazy. That's seven money, right? million dollars. A lot of it's US Canadian. too, which is like, ugh. Oh my God. Makes it even more expensive. Seven million dollars, pretty much. Yeah, they're about give or a few a few cents. I found when I looked what um, Volkswagen does a 904, 80, a 1984, 904 Porsche share the door handles with. And the, the list was basically every single Volkswagen from 1984 Seems. used the so exact same door handle and the exact same uh, seals. And so I haven't ordered I haven't ordered them yet, but I, I found oh, there you go. a set and it's a set for two doors worth. So for both doors. That's fantastic. So it's four pieces, 30 bucks Canadian. That's the difference in. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be a Porsche snob and be like, I only want Porsche genuine. No, no, no. I'm long past that. I'm already planning on cramming a fucking loud and sketchy yeah. American yeah, V8. You, you were I've ditched oh, yeah. por- purity. That's an example. I think that's a good example right? of, I don't know so, yeah, what like, the proper industry standard term is, but it's almost sustainable in the sense that you don't need a different part, a different mold, a different fastening method. You can use it's stand yeah, it's very well standardized. And you yeah. can take any any part, it's like standardized. you said, from any Volkswagen and right. simply interchange that. The amount of people that may do that could be probably a bit lower, but it's still an option. They could have very well gone ahead and just made something totally different, spent more money on it costs yeah. the company more costs the environment like the footprint yeah. of that is greater but no whether that was conscious or not it worked out well i think they did it well I, it was conscious but i don't think it was for that reason specifically it was because if this is supposed to be like mm-hmm. the baby to the 911 it's the cheaper alternative the poor man's 911 they're trying to bring the overall cost of the car down well, most of the parts in the car, it was it was as if they went into the warehouse at right. VW and Audi and just like, all right, what parts can we use? That's basically what they did. Because it's like, well, why design and build and manufacture all these Go new handles? Go a little Easter basket and start just putting use parts in there. Like, well, make and choose. Do what you want. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's, I think that's exactly what they did, right? They just pick and choose like, oh, wow. you know, rated the parts bins. In it their factories, like it'll fit like oh, we can use that on the car, blah blah blah. That's blah. not bad though. You know? Honestly, I think that's basically basically what they do. I think that's a it's good not bad. Thing. Like you've got all that's what I kind that's what I enjoy. Good. Not that the parts are interchangeable on any of the Mazdas that I'm aware of. Could be wrong, um, but I think the front something to do with the grill section. There's like a chromed highlight accent piece. That goes under the headlights and down the bottom of the, um, right. right in front of like the air intake. And I think that that is the same on yeah the three the three sport and the CX thirty. And in terms of like a front bumper 
component. Probably. And that, oh, fuck. Big brain vibes right now. Probably. Huge brain vibes. I think this is not an original okay. idea or original thought. Um, but it reminded me, just in briefly talking about the bumper thing, of hearing Anders Warming, again, my my proverbial design husband, um, on talking on a podcast. And this is a while back. I haven't listened to Anders right. Warming in probably about maybe 17 hours talk. So it's been a while. No, it's not that. It's not that bad. It's actually, it's been a oh couple days. Oh my God. Um, How are you surviving? But he was talking about his time at Mini and how, like, what's what's most, like, from a customer perspective, what do they care about? Like, where is the company's money best spent bringing value to the customer? Is it redesigning the bumper that most people don't notice has been redesigned because the changes are so subtle? Or... In the example that he uses, they put that money and that R&D and that design time into the headlamps and like the lights of the of the the mini itself. And that to me is in the same vein of having a part that you can use on one vehicle like your car, but also happens to be found on these other things. You know, that the door handle is less yeah. of a adding value to the customer thing, but more of a simplifying how the company spends their money and divides their their resources. But I think that's a it's a fantastic example in especially in design where you may think that, oh, we're gonna redesign the bumper on this car, so it's gonna look it's gonna look cool. But does a customer really care about how the bumper looks? You know? I'd personally never look at my bu- at right. the bumper on the Mazda the only other than the car <laughs> itself the only part that I care the most about is the side of it and if the side is okay and it still does that little sushi swoosh thing with the horizon line then I'm I'm cool I'm okay with that right. it's a technical swoosh, term swoosh, yeah. by Mazda the technical term it's Japanese it's Japanese I, you know exactly the swooshy swoosh um it's no i think what's interesting about that is like i've definitely been guilty of this many times like whenever i'd go to the auto show and you'd see like oh the new 2020 whatever right and you're like oh like they haven't changed it much from the previous year and it's such an easy go-to like default thing to say for a lot of people like wow they're 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 just lazy they haven't changed anything and they're still selling it's like Mm -hmm. you don't you understand that's intentional like if this isn't like a sixty thousand dollar car, think of the demographic who's buying a sixty thousand dollar car versus like a twenty thousand dollar car, fifteen thousand dollar car. Like demographic is very different. Is that that demographic for fifteen thousand dollars going to care so much that you didn't add an extra little crease line on the yeah. bottom half of the front bumper? Is that is like, that is that where it's worth is that your designer ego like you is telling right? you or that maybe... you want it to think that it's important? Yeah, or is it better to like okay, well, if this demographic people maybe the research shows that like they don't care so much about they're not car people they don't really care about the exterior of the vehicle as much. It's mm-hmm. they want a cheap car, but they want the infotainment system that you could find on a more expensive vehicle. So okay, well to keep price down low for this demographic instead of 
pumping all these new parts onto the exterior that we're going to have to get our money back for all the molds and everything. How about we spend the money on a screen and some Mm -hmm. more infotainment, like, you know, base level kind of amenities in the car like that. Right. And may, and I'm sure the, the, Mm -hmm. the user finds more value in that than, you know, whereas, you know, $60,000 car, obviously the budget is a lot bigger. You have more room to play. Or if you start going even plus, like say a hundred thousand dollars, well, those types of people, they're mm, expecting that's true. it's, it's to like be a fucking iPhone. every year. The differences are so subtle, you know? and you barely and, notice and or care about them. Yeah, they and make the size you round can or flat. Exactly, and it's like, well, those people probably expect the car to be changed, and also they, you know, with that type of budget, you can, you have more room to change it and you know, try new things. I'm like, oh, we're going to totally redesign this fucking bumper or whatever. That's why usually I feel like you see there'll be a mm-hmm. big, like, redesign. And then it'll yeah. be, like, small facelifts for, like, the next few years. And then they'll do another big, you know, um, redesign and the same thing mm-hmm. a few years of just small facelifts. And then, yeah. you know, that over and over again. I was like, like we were talking earlier, GTR, Nissan GTR. When that came out, like it stayed very similar for years, and then they came out a redesign year a few years ago, and didn't really drastically change much. But it was like, oh, we changed this year. There's an extra crease line here. There's an extra vent here. Blah blah. blah. Right. And then now, since then, there's been small facelifts of that one. Right. And I mean, that's like, and then a, and then like you could contrast really that with much, like but. the Mazda Miata from or the mx5 mx5 is that what it is from yeah either way it was um it was called miata in north america even though that's not science that's just fact um you look at one from say 1980 or 85 and it's got a particular look to it and then you look at the one the current one the one from 2021 which i still think looks beautiful so does the one from 1980 or 85 but they are very there it's the same car but it's very different 95 yeah it's an it's an evolution like when was the first miata i'm not i'm not a yeah i'm not a brainchild here so that's a good question i can tell you everything to know there is about the cx30 but it's only two years old so the new one wiki 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 uh, where's the wikipedia on it 89 wow 89 okay so, i think is the first one yeah De- wow. debuted in 1989 at the cool. chicago auto show that's crazy oh here and was conceived and executed under a tightly focused design credo Ooh, what does that mean jinba itai meaning meaning oh fuck. oneness of horse what? and rider how do you spell that uh j-i-n-b-a and then the other words i-t-t-i-a-i i-t-t-a-i oneness of horse do you think that the 1989 mazda evokes that motif or does the 2021 evoke that motif more 
I, honestly, I'd say both. I, uh, I don't know. I'd say both definitely do. I think it was more so mm. that influenced more so like the performance of it because the idea was right. a small, light, very manual, basic car. Like it didn't have. I mean, the first one obviously yeah. didn't have all this crazy infotainment. It was just back then. manual. You're in the driver's seat. The small, lightweight, rear-wheel drive. No, small rear-wheel drive mm. car, and you're you're the one in control. You can feel the car, the way it's on the road, the way the tires are gripping in the corner. You can feel the vibration. You can hear the sound. You're changing the gears manually. It's you have the control over. I think that's mm. where that oneness of horse and rider comes in. I think the design was more. I don't know. It, it it's looks definitely very functional cute, with a bit add, add a bit of cuteness to it. The old, yeah, the old, uh, yeah, the old ones definitely have that. Uh, a good, it's a good aesthetic. It's a really good aesthetic. Cuteness to it. I've sure. got a funny critique story um, from today. Not really a critique. More of it wasn't it wasn't a critique. It was a check in. Um, oh. We do like these check ins where if my boss is handing off a project to me then like say after a week there's a little check-in to see how things are progressing and obviously if i need help before this check-in meeting then i reach out and we set something up but typically it's been it's been okay and then from that check-in that kind of influences the second push to completion of said task and we had one today for a project and it's focused around mm-hmm. heavily focused on storage like designing for storage at this at this space and the client had sent a a specific document outlining specific volumes that we had to satisfy and fulfill like these are specific volumes and quantities of these volumes that we need to account for in these storage things but we we had also been given cubic measurements of these storage things like one storage thing needs to be X, Y, Z meters cubed effectively. And it was small. It was like 2.8. And then the other one was six point something. So not exa- not huge spaces. Um, so my job was basically going to sketch up models, model the stuff up. I modeled up the volumes as just colored blocks and put them in these structures. And this is on Wednesday. And basically from, about i want to say 12 like noon on wednesday until the point where we got on the podcast and did that did the podcast then finished the podcast and then i went back and continued to model probably until like 10 30 before going to bed because i'm a grandpa and i go to bed at 10 30 try to anyways try to exude good grandpa energy yeah um, me too so does pete shepherd and i think if if you if we get the chance to have yeah. pete on the show you're gonna like pete pizza Pete's a very well put together man. You want to you want to be like Pete. Mm. Um, I've got like a little man crush on Pete recently. I'm realizing that's okay. He's, res- he's a respectable guy. Mm. He's six foot seven. Like, can you blame? That's me? good. Nothing wrong no, with that. Not at all. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I was, I'm doing this. I'm trying to put these blocks in and to fit in this space, and it is not happening. I'm stacking stuff that's not supposed to be stacked according to the document. Like the only way you're going to get this in is to stack it. And so today, like I got super frustrated with it and even worked on it yesterday and still made no progress fitting everything in. Creatively flustered 
because I was like, oh, maybe I'm not doing my job properly and something's not working. And then you get that imposter syndrome and that self-doubt saying that, oh, knew you weren't good enough for this job. You can't even fit boxes into a box. How fucking dumb are you? I started kind of, kind of had a bit of a freak out, but I'm like, I'm going to play it cool. And so we had the check-in today with my boss and the project manager for this thing who also worked like Earthscape project manager. And me being the one that did the modeling did most of the talking. So I like started off the call and, and so I was like, oh, so this project is just weird, isn't it? And everyone's like, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit strange and doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I go and I share my screen and I'm do the obligatory, can everyone see my screen? conversation and then go through everything and i'm explaining just like Mm. how confused i am and call kind of wraps up after about like 15 minutes when we all realize that there's no way we're going to be able to fit all the stuff that they want into the space that they've given us and because they want everything on the floor and there's just no way to make it happen so i was satisfied knowing that it wasn't me that was at fault or failing or not doing their job properly yeah, because it's probably a miscommunication between the client and us and the fact that I was like, okay, it's not actually the end of the world. Um, But then the project manager, she finishes the call saying like, like, sorry to make you pull your hair out over this thing and like stress about it. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't have to pull my hair out. It was just falling out on its own. I just sat there and just, just like blew like blew up from my upper lip like did a and just watched it float away into my into the the Mm. ethereal dust of my bedroom and she bursts out laughing i'm like you're supposed to tell me that no your hair looks fine you're not supposed to laugh and agree with me and she was like no it's fine and i'm like yeah okay see you all later sorry my internet's cutting out bye and yeah it was a good call though it was very fun it ended off in a lighthearted way, so I was like, "Oh, that's nice." That's funny. That's got to feel better that it was it was actually just impossible. Yeah, they had given us boxes to fit into. The it, yeah, it wasn't just me because what was confusing it wasn't just was you. they gave us like a volume to work with. They said it should it needs to fit within say two point eight meters cubed. But the quantities that f- are supposed to fit within this two point eight cubic meter space total more than 2.8 cubic meters even if they're stacked like tetris blocks it doesn't fit so laying it out flat is likewise not gonna fit so yeah it threw me for a loop and like definitely made me really doubt myself for a hot second but i also reminded myself that i already know that it's not my strength so if i'm feeling doubtful with it that's not that's not a new feeling in a way like i've felt that before whereas if that was happening with a sketch mm-hmm. which it has happened a couple of times then i'm like okay i need to slow down step back reevaluate what i'm doing and why it's not working and like i started i started a sketch today and it wasn't like it wasn't looking right it wasn't feeling right everything felt just too small and just not interesting there's there's there there has to be a better way to show this stuff has to be a better way to as opposed to just oh this is Mm. a thing and here it is and blah 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 and so 
as opposed to doing this This like grandiose thing. thing, I broke it down into kind of the smaller components of it and started off just doing kind of the, the main focal piece just on its own, not in contact with everything else that was that's supposed to be in the playground around it and got into a pretty good rhythm with that. So I think that that's, that's a good learning. I mean, for me from this week is if something's not looking right on the page or something's not coming out of my hand onto the page the way that I want it to, maybe I'm trying to do too much with it all at once at that moment. Maybe I need to just step back and try something smaller in air quotes, Mm. smaller in scale, but maybe I'll fill up the page with it. Not necessarily a smaller drawing, but a smaller object to illustrate as opposed to trying to draw the entire room. Maybe I'm going to focus on a chair in the one room and then do do it that way. And so far it's it's right. it's actually seemed to work it seemed to work out better. So I think I may finish off the better. night just because it's Friday and there's nothing else to do. Thanks. Just may may just do some sketches, do some doodles of that and and just cap that off that way. But but I've had this bitching idea in my brain to do like a monster themed playground, not a scary monster because that's not really the earthscape vibe. It wouldn't really fit in with company culture. If I spat out or spat out like a Todd McFarlane esque playground while that would be super cool, Mm. not necessarily applicable to the job, but I want to do one like old school style and, marker render it and pastel render it and just get like the Mm. old grounding box style out the old title blocks writing style like do some of the desert chrome aesthetic on it and you but but do it on like the big or not that big but but the 18 by 24 paper from that giant it's big that giant notepad it's pretty big it doesn't seem big until it's you start like sketching and yeah, it's not filling compared up the page to, like, okay, this, compared this to an 11 by 17 it's not huge but when you when you're only rocking a pen it's definitely going to seem it's going to seem big but yeah that may may do that this it's, weekend as like a fun a lot to work with as a yeah. fun project and just create this big like Ooh. i want this paper to be heavy with marker and and gouache paint and mm-hmm. pastel you know just like chalks and stuff just be super old school I like so i, f- I feel like i've done cool. too much digital recently and i'm not keen on it or not as keen on it long term but yeah that's my that's my little design rant related rant and practicing with that the wacom thing oh yeah you know no, I want to. I need to. I've used it yeah, once or twice. It? But it's for me the oh, the yeah. for me the challenging point is the correlation between where my hand is on the drawing pad versus where the mouse ends up showing up on the screen. And that always really confuses yeah. me. Cuz it never ends up in the same place, does it? It does take a little bit to get used to. Yeah, it it, it does take a little bit of time. I think you can get there though. It's it's just like the 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 part I find a little challenging with it was like if you're doing really fine like 
little line work or you're like zooming in on Photoshop and you're like doing mm-hmm. some painting in like little small areas and you're trying to be precise. It can be a little weird trying to like draw yeah. over here but look up at the screen doing precise things. I feel, like, I, I feel tricky, like I just but... need to give it another shot and maybe I'll bring it home this weekend and try that out. Just give it a crack. Because I, I like, yeah, I, do I love the iPad, but notice a a performance not a performance issue but this thing gets mega hot and it just starts like cooking the palm of my hand and (laughs) there's something nice about the flexibility of photoshop and everything that you can do in it whereas sketchbook pro while it's still fantastic yeah is just somewhat more it's more basic it's simple it's a it's it's limited i think it I like to, the, more to limited. use the word. I would use the word, the term simpler as opposed to limited, but it does lack features, obviously, that uh, fucking Photoshop has. Like, I love taking a certain layer and then adding yeah. noise to it just as a bit of difference as opposed to just these flat digital colors having some, having some in there, you know? Yeah, exactly. that noise. If but you could visual, visualize yeah. that noise, that it would be the noise. It'd be Control Shift filter. A, noise one hundred, vignette negative one hundred, boom, <laughs> done. Or effects add yes. noise twenty five percent monochromatic Gaussian. Okay, that's what I would do. But yeah, that's that's my that's where my brain's at. That was my little brain. I like doing brain dumps. You know, you get like mm, the ideas I like, out. I like listen to the brain dumps. I think you do brain dumps too. You just do them in a different way. I think your brain dumps are more um, naturally like you, like like story driven stuff where you like when you would, when you were explaining the, the what, the why and the how behind team time travel two weeks ago, I think it was. Mm. That's kind of a brain dump because it's all existing in your head. And the easiest way to articulate yeah. that is to get it out and put it down. Yeah, it's either in my head or sticky notes. That's about it. That's true. That's true. Sticky notes are definitely a good way to get the brain dumps out there. I think. Yeah, that's my physical brain dump on the wall in sticky notes. <laughs> Blaster. Zach takes brain dumps on the wall. On the wall. Yeah. On the wall. Do you have any big plans this weekend? Uh, going to a car show tomorrow. Ooh. With me, Dad. Um, oh, your papa. Berlin Classic, it's called at Grand Bend. Um, mm. It's obviously, as the name would suggest, it's all German cars. Hans. And I was thinking about this earlier. It's kind of like I th- the last time I went with my dad was either two or three summers ago. And it was just before we bought the Beamer. Mm-hmm. And obviously, before I bought the Porsche. So now going back, <laughs> you don't say. Going, going back to a German car show. Like we'll probably take the Beamer, but then also like I'm going there as a Porsche owner, which <laughs> yeah, is really true. weird. Like I still feel weird saying that. I still yeah. can't wrap my head around it. Like I go outside and I look at it. I go to work on it. I can't. And it's like, oh yeah, that's mine. <laughs> that's true. It's weird. It's really weird. But I had that mo. I had that feeling too when I bought my car. I kept looking, like looking out the window and saying, "Oh, I, I own that car." Thing. Yeah. It seems it seems strange. But, but yeah, other than I that, mean, I'm very used to it now, but yeah, other than that, though, car show and I don't know, or just 
circling back and working on the on the Porsche. Mm. Have you sussed out a name for it yet? No. Mm. I want something stereotypically and kind of funny like German, though. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. No, I was. Yeah, it's probably a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, we're going to keep that on the on the none on the not said portion of the podcast. Um, hmm. Again, I think Hans is just a good name. Hans would be funny. <laughs> Sven. You can call it Sven. It's a bit. Oh, that's scan- like Swedish, though. That's Scandi. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. Scandi, which is not bad. It's not a bad thing. No. I love it. Olaf but... is Olaf. Yeah. That's also. You're just naming <laughs> yeah. frozen characters now? <laughs> you can do Anna, Elsa, Kristoff. For a second, I was like, Sven, where did I hear the word the name Sven before? And then and he said Olaf. I'm like, wait a second. What the fuck's going That's on? That's frozen. You could call it um. I've got no fucking clue. Oh, here's an idea. I was laughing to myself the other day after because I remembered what we were talking about, the Beamer, instead Mm -hmm. of Bimmer being Hans Bimmer. Hans Bimmer. (laughs) Instead of Hans Zimmer. (laughs) Oh, I was like so stupid, but it's funny. That's that's honestly the best part about this thing. Um, Okay, so common German names. Hans is the third most common German name. Interesting. After Ernst, Friedrich, Hans, Heinrich, Hermann, Karl, Otto, Paul, Walter, Wilhelm, Gerhard, Gunther, Hans, Heinz, Helmut, Herbert, Karl, Kurt, Walter, Werner, Dieter. Oh. Oh, and it is white too. Oh, white and black. Oh, 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 Oh. no, the brawn mobile. (laughs) Call it the brawn mobile. I need like a little touch of like that orange yellow somewhere on the car, Mm. and then it would be. Can you get those as like brake calipers? You could paint them that color, yeah. Yeah, that could be kind of cool. Um, you got, yeah. Dieter, Gunther, Hans, Horst, Jürgen, Klaus, Manfred, Peter, Klaus. Juve, Wolfgang. I am expat Germany. Oh, German names. What are typical German female Wilhelm. names? Wilhelm. I like the name Dieter, though. Dieter is kind of, yeah. Or Rams. You could call it Rams. But then Rams. it's like, oh, and then you're, then you're just a, you're a truck owner. Rams, which is a bit less than aspiration. Yeah, yeah, that would that be yeah. Dieter would be kind of cool. I do like Hans is funny, Klaus is funny. Klaus, because oh man, there's this funny like uh, I don't know if you ever watched American uh, American Dad before. Mm-mm. Probably not. Nope. But the, there's the fish talking fish, and his his name is Klaus. What? Mm. Yeah, Klaus is funny. I like Wilhelm. I'm talking fish. That's fun to say. Yeah, that was Wilhelm. the only way we sell. There's an episode where the fish becomes a, a dude. He like transfers his like consciousness to a dude. And that was the person I'd always say Joe looked like when he had his hair and his ponytail. He looked I'll I'll find a picture. Yes. And um I need to see that. 
yeah, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The only fish that I can think of in a animated show, not even a show, it's a movie. It's the fish from the Cat in the Hat, right? With Mike Myers. That was a weird movie. That made me. I don't think I've ever seen it actually. It makes me uncomfortable. The kid, I think the the guy, the actor who plays the dude in it, is creeps me out a bit. Tell me this is. I always showed Joe this, and he was laughing. Yep, that's a hundred percent, Joe. <laughs> right? It's even got the chin. Joe just has I, that chin right? shape. Exactly, he looks just like. And the thing. face. But and usually, the usually that the fish looks like this in the show. Oh. That's the fish. Yeah. Isn't it weird how all the fish in most Klaus Heisler. Are orange? Heisler. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a goldfish, I guess. Right? It's like the most common fish. I guess you got a in a household. I, I was. I did not. I didn't consider that. Yeah. That wasn't part of my. Sorry, it's Friday. The, the brain's going away. The the brain is a little fried, eh? Yeah. Ah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna die. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a fantastic week. Speaking of fantastic and exciting things, um, Slew's podcast, Slewniverse, mm. is coming out on August 11th, which is next Wednesday, mm. which is big, big exciting. That's exciting. Very excited for that. We still have to reach out to him and see if we can get him on this show. Oh my God, I'd wet myself. Which I would. I'd be would, so nervous. I don't know I'd what choke. I would say. I had no idea what I would say. But fingers crossed we can get him on, hopefully. And uh, at some Imagine. point in the future. I think once he gets into the groove of his podcast, too, it might be easier. Could also be harder because he may have less time. But I don't know. We'll try play it by ear and see how it goes. The worst he can do is say no. The best thing that happens is he says yes. So it's yeah. not really the end of the world. He's still going to keep being dope anyways. So um, mm -hmm. looking forward to that. But if uh, if you want to reach out for any design-related business inquiries, you can Ooh. do that by sending us an email. You can indeed, Zach. Do you know where they can send that email to? Uh, no. What would that email be? It's it's fantastic email. It's called hi at bigdesigncompany.com it is a Addison good email Deer. actually it's a, a pretty good dope email. email the best email ever and uh, you can also check out our slowly being updated website at www.bigdesigncompany.com and any podcast related questions queries comments and or forward slash concerns can be sent to hi.theprocesspodcast at gmail.com Mm. And to wrap this big old bad boy up in a nice little present and put a bow on him, mm. Zach Watson. Yes, sir. What is our Instagram? The process underscore underscore podcast. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Peace. The process.